Okay, this uh, this year is the year I give uh, twice on Thursday nights. I gave it earlier in DRS, and DRS is very into uh, advertising titles. So Rabbi Kamenetsky asked me what the title for this year is, and I said, the title is The Prohibition to Say Thank You. He immediately responds, as he does every week when I give him the title, Thank You. And then he uh, sent me an email two minutes later, I mean, no, not thank you. <laughs> So what, what, what am I even talking about? The prohibition to say thank you? So generally speaking, we assume it's a good thing to say thank you. You're supposed to be polite. Like your mother always told you, say thank you, say please, right? So there are three Shilas that all relate to the same topic that I'd like to talk about this week. You know what I'm talking about? The prohibition to say thank you? Uh, well, I don't know, close. Ribis Ah, So these are three Shilas. They're all real Shilas, you know, like I... Uh, Say all the time. I can't. I, I don't make these these shilas up. Um, I didn't get them all this week, but I figured we'll put them all together. And as we go through the sugya, we'll see how to answer each of these questions. One of them is from a Talmud who uh, was uh, driving his car somewhere. Um, so he's sitting there driving in his car because that's where you drive in your car, and he ran out of gas, and uh, he managed, I guess, to get on the side of a highway uh, to get to a gas station. So that's great news, right? And he reaches into his pocket for his wallet, and he left his wallet at home. So he's got nothing. He's got no gas in his car. He's in the middle of nowhere. He has no idea about the neighborhood. He's got his cell phone on him, but he's got no wallet. He has no way to pay for gas. So he writes to me um, that he went to his cell phone to the app, you know, find a shul app kind of thing, and he found the Chabad not that far from where he was stuck in the middle of nowhere, as Chabads tend to be, you know, wherever you are, there's a Chabad not that far away, and uh, he called the Chabad rabbi, and the Chabad rabbi, the Shaliach, uh, came and gave him 20 bucks and bailed him out of the difficult situation. So he was able to get home. So obviously... He paid the $20 back, but he wanted to know if he can send flowers for Shabbos to the Chabad rabbi, or, I don't know, flowers, whatever kind of gift. Let's see what he say. I Am I allowed to send him flowers? Yeah, flowers. Flowers for Shabbos, or is it a violation of ribbis? Because generally speaking, the halacha is, if you borrow $20, you're supposed, you're supposed to pay back $20. If you pay back $20 plus... $12 of flowers? Okay, I'm a little cheap. I do $12. But let's say $20 plus $25 of flowers, that is a violation of ribbis, one would imagine. So, but on the other hand, I mean, come on, <laughs> this guy really saved him. He feels like he wants to show proper Akkadah Satov. That's Shaila number one. Shaila number two, from the rabbi of a shul. A shul is looking to build, to do construction, and it's very difficult for shuls to get bank loans because banks generally speaking, don't want to have to foreclose on a shul because then it makes them look evil. Yet at the same time, uh, they know that if they're going to give out a significant loan, sometimes that's what it will have to come to. So very, very difficult for a shul to get a bank loan, to get a bank loan unless uh, there are individuals in the shul that are willing to co-sign on it, which is also difficult to find. Someone's going to co-sign on loans of millions of dollars, not so easy, not so easy to, to find. So the shul is looking to construction. They're having a very hard time getting a bank loan. They need some capital. They need some, some money to make, it, to make it happen. There is a guy who is not a member of the shul, doesn't even live in the community, but he likes the rabbi. He's friendly with the rabbi of the shul, 
and this guy happens to be a well-to-do fellow, so he decided he's going to give the shul a loan of $300,000. Payable over five years, interest-free loan for $300,000. And he said, you know, if after uh, a year and a half I see that things are going the way I like or whatever, and uh, depending on my situation, maybe there's the possibility of mechila of the rest of it after, you know, $60,000 a year to pay up over five years. But if I see after a couple of years that it's, uh, that it's, it's, it's going the way I like, then, uh, then maybe I'll even be mochel the rest of it. But right now we're assuming a loan, a loan for $300,000. The shul is ecstatic. An interest-free loan, that amount of money, there aren't that many people that can write a check for $300,000, or no one does checks anymore, but, you know, can uh, wire you $300,000, and, uh, and, and they're ecstatic. So how do you express that ecstasy? So what do you do? You immediately write a beautiful thank you note to the fellow who gave you $300,000 interest free. You know, thank you so much for the loan. This is going to help us. You should have bracha and atzlacha and parnasa and refuah and yeshuas and all the nice things. And all of a sudden, like, it becomes like, you know, uh, your bubby on Erev Rosh Hashanah. You know, you're just, you're just throwing brachas at the person. And, but are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to do that? That's question number two. Question number three. Ruvain, that's the only part that's fabricated here. His name is not Ruvain. Not that there's anything wrong with the name Ruvain, but Ruvain loaned $40,000 to his friend Bob. His name isn't Bob either. But So Ruvain loaned $40,000 to his friend Bob. They're very good friends for a very long time. That's why he was willing to loan him $40,000. Bob was in some financial trouble. And uh, Ruvain wanted to help out. Now, Ruvain is not certain that he's ever going to see this $40,000 again, but uh, he made the loan anyway to his friend Bob. One day, Bob calls him and uh, he says, I got a surprise for you, Ruvain. And Ruvain says, oh yeah, he wanted to say, you're going to pay me back my $40,000, but he didn't say that. And Bob says, yeah, I was at the store. I saw something I knew you would like. I got you a gift. I picked something up for you. It was probably some little chachka, some uh, whatever, you know, uh, a small bottle of schnapps or a cigar or something. I don't know, something uh, not, not all that significant. And uh, Ruvain happens to be a Tamachacham. He's been through Shas a few times and knows how to learn very, very well. Bob is a very nice guy, but, you know, doesn't really uh, know all that much in terms of these, uh, these sugyas, certainly. And Ruvain immediately, when he gets on the phone with Bob, or he gets the text from Bob, because no one calls anybody anymore, so he gets, he gets the uh, WhatsApp from Bob, he immediately calls his rabbi and he says, oh, what do I do? He's about to give me a gift. I loaned him $40,000. He's not saying he loaned him $40,000, and he's going to give me a gift. Am I allowed to accept the gift? These are the three shilas. You can see why they're all connected. They all relate, obviously, to some level of ribbons. Now, what do they all have in common? They're all ribbis, but they're all not actual ribbis. Because what's actual ribbis on a Daraisa level? We call ribbis ketutza. Ribbis ketutza means that there is a deal in place at the outset. I'm going to lend you $100. You're going to pay me back 120 That's the deal. It's set up that way. That's what we call ribbis ketutza. That's ribbis Daraisa. All of these examples are shilas of ribbis drabanan. Now, we observe dinim drabanan also, so that's important. We have to figure out are there any attempts? Gut reaction. Mutter in all three, Usser in all three, Mutter in one, two. What, what do you think? First one is Usser. First one with the car, with sending the flowers to the Chabad Sheikh, you think Vadai Usser? I mentioned that one in my Dafyomishi. Okay. 
I think I changed my psaxis then. You could say mutter because it's a separate, I mean, the third one maybe not, but the other ones you could say maybe it's a gift on the side. Like, it's like. The gift I mean, has nothing to do with the love. Yeah, he's, he's thankful as a personal, like, I have, like, a friendliness between people. Like, you do something. Doesn't have to be, I borrow something. So Everyone except for the third one? I don't think that the third one. They're good, they're good friends, and they've been friends for a long time, and you got, you know. Off, like, there, it's, like, totally, it's, like. I say you have a friend that you know has a mishigas for something silly, you know, and they like. I, there's a guy I know. There's a guy in my shul who who has this obsession with with Ed Hearn. Anyone know who Ed Hearn is? He was a backup catcher for the Mets in 1985. No one ever heard of Ed Hearn, okay? But this guy, he loves Eddie Hearn. He calls up his friend's office, and the secretary says, "Who shall I say is calling?" And he always says. Ed Hearn is calling, and they tell him, Ed Hearn, and they know, oh, it's that guy, you know, he's a, that, so you, you're walking in Manhattan, and there's an Ed Hearn bobblehead, so you're going to buy the Ed Hearn bobblehead for this guy, not because he lent you money or whatever, it's just because he's nuts, that's his thing, you know, that's his, but that's part of your relationship. Then, then, then the first one would be the only one. The first one is probably you never met this Chabad Shliach again, you're never going to see him again. If you are smart enough to actually bring your wallet with you next time you drive through unknown areas, you know, okay. So you say the other ones, it's a gift that's, that's totally irrelevant, that, that doesn't at all relate to the loan. Yeah. Well, I was wondering, in, was it the kind of friend who would buy a gift for Ah, so good, good question. And it's, sometimes these things are hard to tell. You know, they're good friends, but do guys really do that? When was the last time you bought a gift for uh, a friend of yours? Just, um, oh, I was thinking of you, honey. No, you do that for your wife. You don't do that, right? When was the last time? That, so it's, it's very hard. Again, uh, an Ed Hearn bobblehead, maybe, maybe that would be different because you know he's got this crazy Michigan. I have a friend, this, uh, about 12 years ago, I probably bought a gift. I have a friend who had this crazy obsession with collecting shot glasses. Wherever he went on vacation, on a trip, on business, this, that, collected shot glasses from around the world. Happened to have been, I was in Arizona at the time, this must be at least 12 years ago, when I was, uh, because I was on vacation with my wife in Arizona, and I don't remember taking a vacation in a long time. But we were in, uh, we were in uh, Sedona, and they had these really cool uh, shot glasses. Okay, let's pick one up. By the way, the nicest place in America, Sedona, if you've never been there. It's like, it's unbelievable. It's, it's gorgeous. It's, 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 it's hot, yeah, but, but it's unbelievable. It's the nicest place. But anyway, that, that's beside the point. That's not relevant to the sheer. But so I bought him a Okay, so I bought him a shot glass. So sometimes, it's just hard to know. It's hard to be magda exactly when that's really the case. So if, if we're going to say le'iser on these, on these shaylas, our next step is going to have to be, so what's the hetar? Meaning, is there a hetar? Is there a way around it? Is there a way to, to formulate it in such a way where it's not going to be an iser? Um, but, but, you know, flowers actually cost money. Flowers actually, there's a Rebbe yeah, in DRS, Rabbi Klappholz, who, who like, when he invites Tommy them over, please tell your parents, do not send flowers. We don't, we think it's a waste of money. Like, he's very, like, tachlis oriented. What can I do with these things? <laughs> what? You buy flowers, you spend money, and then four days later you throw them out. Right, exactly. Yeah, I should introduce you guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ah, so exactly. Ribis Tavarim and Akara Satov. Uh, there's a famous story, I think, of the, with uh, Rabbi Rochel, maybe, 
where uh, he loaned the Talmud money, and they uh, and the Talmud said uh, thank you very much, and he said Ah, Rebbe's Tevarim, you can't say thank you very much. And then another time he loaned the money, and the Talmud didn't say thank you very much, and he said No, no, Akharasatov. You know, so, <laughs> what do you want from me? So he said, Well, you know, you should you should want to say thank you very much, but then not say. It. You should show that like you're struggling. He's got to. Have, so I, I, I hope he wasn't that way with his wife and you know, his kids. Like, it's, it's pretty demanding. Like, to demand that balance is very, very difficult. In the third case, does it matter that he's not expecting him to pay him back? Meaning, once he says to it's really more of a gift. And once you write it off. But, but he wasn't mocha. He wasn't mocha. He wasn't mocha. He just doesn't expect that the guy will ever come up with the money, but he wasn't mochel. Meaning, mechila would be, I'm not even allowed to accept it because I was already mochel. You don't owe me the money. I would have to tell you that. So, no, he wasn't mochel. He was never mochel. But then you lose forty grand. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> not so easy to say. Two. Why is just giving a bracha to someone? Ah, good. Why is giving a bracha at all a problem? So here's what we need to talk about. We need to talk about um, cases where giving a little extra, actually giving a little extra, is mutter because that's the most extreme. That that's something that we probably would have most closely would have associated with ribbis, and that probably relates to the flower case where you're giving a little something extra. We have to talk about doing favors for people when, uh, when, when you owe them money, when you borrowed money from them, and whether that's ribbis and, and ribbis devarim, which, is, which, is which, which would be saying things, and when we interpret that which you say as ribbis, and then for the, for the case of the shul, there's another caveat, and that is that it's not individual borrowing money from individual, it's a shul. The person saying thank you has no personal uh, benefit from the loan. He's going to be the rabbi of the shul that says thank you, or the president of the shul that says thank you. It's not an individual who can take that money and do as he pleases with that money. It's, it's designated for... The shul. So, it, does that make a difference? So, the, those are the things that we're going to have to we're going to have to discuss. Ah, so the the Gemara Nezu Neshech says that Tamidah Chavim Mutarim Lahavol Zezeb Ribes. Tamidah Chavim are allowed to lend money to each other with ribes. All the Rishonim explain that it's because Tamidah Chavim understand what ribes is. They know how severe it is, and therefore they would never actually lend money with ribbis. Mistama, what they're doing is, when they give extra, is a matana gemura that has absolutely nothing to do with the loan. Because they, they would never risk actually doing ribbis. So mistama, they know to, to have in mind fully that it's a matana gemura having nothing to do with the loan. There is a comment quoted by the Rishonim from the Rimi Gash, where the Rimi Gash said, there's no such thing as a Talmud Chacham anymore in this regard. Now, who was the Rimi Gash? The Rimigash was the Rebbe of, of the Rambam's father, really. Even though the Rambam always refers to the Rimigash as Mori Virabi, it would be hard to believe that the Rimigash was the Rambam's Rebbe because the Rimigash died when the Rambam was like five, I believe. I think there, the legend has it that the Rambam met the Rimigash once. The Rimigash liked what he saw in the kid, gave him a bracha that he's going to be a great leader of the Jewish people, which was either a really awesome bracha or a very lucky guess, and the Rambam became the Rambam, right? The Rimigash was a Talmud of the Rif. He was a Talmud of the Rif. The Rif is reported to have said about the Rimigash, I don't know where this is in print, but this is the legend that I've heard, that the Rif said about the Rimigash, if he was alive in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, 
then it would have been a close call who HaKadosh Baruch is going to give the Torah through. That is, uh, you know, a pretty significant compliment. The Rambam, when he talks about the Rimigash, and this is in print, the Rambam writes about the Rimigash, when I think of him, my whole body shakes with awe, and with, the Rimigash was a significant person. And the Rimigash says, yeah, there's no such thing as a Talmud Chacham anymore. So probably we don't have such a thing as a Talmud Chacham anymore with regard to that halacha, that you could just throw ribbons out the window and say, oh, but Talmud Chacham, I mean, do dafyomi for like four and a half days, you know? Like, uh, so probably we don't have the, uh, we don't have the status of, uh, of a Talmud Chacham anymore. So let's discuss, when is it mutter to give a little bit extra? So a couple of examples where it's mutter to give a little bit extra, to give a little bit uh, of a gift on on, on the side. If it's Bitoras Matana, and it's obviously Bitoras Matana, it's clearly not uh, meant as payment for the loan, then it's Mutter. For example, um, I owe you $9.96, and I give you a $10 bill. I do not want to sit there and wait for you to find four pennies to give me back, nor do I want to be Matriach you to find the four pennies. It's obvious that, uh, that the reason I'm giving you the extra four cents is not because I'm so grateful for the loan of the $9.96 that I want to... Now, why would you ever owe anyone $9.96? I asked you to go to the supermarket for me and pick up... True story, last week, yeah. Mamish, $9.96? Oh, okay. I was just curious about But, okay. So, yeah, I asked someone to go to the supermarket for me and pick up whatever product it is, and you look at the receipt, that's exactly how much it costs. So that's how much I owe you, but uh, come on, I'm, I'm going to give you a $10 bill. Now with, you know, you could chase quick pay, and, you know, so it's much easier to pay the exact amount. So it solves a lot of ribis uh, issues. But uh, assuming you're still using old-fashioned uh, currency, so, uh, so you give a $10 bill. It's obviously uh, not Pitaras ribis, and it's obviously because you find it more convenient not to find the exact change. A second example. No, it's just post all say this. Um, I mean, the, the dinner that if it's Petoros Matan yeah. is in Shulchan. Yeah. The, uh, if you ask somebody to pick up something for you in the grocery store and he doesn't remember exactly how much it was, he doesn't remember exactly how much it was, so you pay a safe amount. That, that, that probably covers it, uh, that at least covers it. So that's many of the, the, the acronyms suggest is not ribis, because you're obviously not giving it as ribis, you just want to be safe about the amount of money that you're giving. A third example, family mem- members lay out money for each other all the time, and you know we never do an exact cheshbon. I uh, go to, I, you know, I happen to live around the corner from my uh, sister and around the corner from my brother-in-law and sister on the other side. So, like all the time, my wife will be in the grocery store. She'll call them up. If you need anything? I'm in the store, and they'll call her. You know, it's just it's easy, and you know we don't really. T- uh, you owe me uh, whatever two ninety nine for the orange juice that was on sale, but no, wait, you know, like we don't, we don't, we're not so careful with these things. We just always lay out money for each other. It's not, not a big deal. We pay each other roughly back, you know, sort of, kind of. So, and that's understood that, like, or for example, you know, I, I often go to, um, is, uh, on Matsoy Shabbos, I'll avail myself of the, uh, the amazing deal in the local yogurt shop in, uh, in the Five Towns and Berrylicious, buy one, get one free. So I'm the guy online waiting for the buy one, get one free. And, uh, and once I'm there, my parents live in Lawrence, I'll call my mother, do you want me to pick up anything for you? Sure. So I'll get whatever it is. For $3, I'll get whatever yogurt she wants. My mother will never pay me less than $5 for a $3 yogurt. You know, it's just like, she'll always overpay me for that. 
it's obvious that it's not because, oh, she borrowed the $3 from me that I laid out for her, and now she wants to pay me back that loan. She just, like, you know, likes to give me money, and, like, she doesn't, you know, it's just, it, it's obviously because of the relationship. It's not because of any, any loan. And Mistama, that would be okay if that's the nature of that uh, relationship. In that exact case, would you be able to say that she's paying for the going there and that? Ah, so paying for the tircha also would be uh, would be something that's that's worthwhile. Tircha, gas. Oh, the gas. Okay, no, but then we're not cheshvening how much. Uh, but the the tircha is is significant. The tircha saved, not just the tircha that I'm going because I would be there anyway. But the tircha saved for. Um, that's out. Second, doing favors for somebody else uh, when you owe them money. Um, there is a Gemara Mesech's Baba Kama that talks about squatting in someone's property. I see that you have a home that's not used. Uh, you live in uh, Eretz Yisrael. You have an apartment in Eretz Yisrael. You like to stay there half a year. I figure out which half a year you like to stay there. So I break into your house in Lawrence and I live there for, uh, or wherever, I'm just saying, and I, and, I, and I live there for the time that you're not there, I take very good care of it, everything's fine, you know, um, do I owe you money? Big sugya mesechus babakama, this is the sugya of chaser. Now it could be, without getting into details, chaser. it could be, I don't have to pay anything. could be, I don't have to pay anything. However, the Gemara Mbamatsiya says explicitly, if you don't have to pay, even though you don't have to pay for squatting, in a case where you borrowed money from, where you owe the guy money, or the where the what is it? You owe the guy. The guy owes you money. Where the guy owes you money, the guy whose house it is owes you money. You're not allowed to squat in his house because then you're getting a favor from him for the. Uh, but that favor has no monetary value. He doesn't. You don't have to pay for it. There's no monetary value. Yeah, even though it has no monetary value. A favor of no monetary value is a problem. Asks Tosfos. I don't understand. Um, how could it be possible that any favor with no monetary value is ushered? Wouldn't that make life unlivable? Meaning the only way you'd ever be allowed to borrow money from somebody would be if you never interact with him again. Right? That, that would be like, can I borrow a dollar for the soda machine? And this will mark the end of our friendship. <laughs> now, uh, especially if you take into account the concept of ribis mulcheres, which we'll discuss. Ribis mulcheres is, I can't even give you a gift after I pay back the loan. I'm not allowed to give you a gift. So if you apply that to favors, doing favors, so by, by taking that dollar, we can never interact in a normal way again. So Tal says, no, 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 no. There, there are some rules over here, and these rules are passed in Shulcharar. What? It's an Ezer Neshach. I don't remember exactly what that's about. In Hei probably something. Um, first of all, it says it's got to be a Midi Farhesia. Living in a house is something that people will see, people will notice. That's a problem. But something more private, Tos says, would be fine. Second of all, Tos says, the case in the Gemara was you moved into the house Shalomi Daita. You didn't tell him you were moving into the house. What gave you the chutzpah to go into someone else's house? Shalom Daito. Uh, that guy owes me one. You feel that he owes you one. So you're going to have the chutzpah to go into his house. Shalom Daito, Because he, he owes you one. Now, says Tosos, 
but if there's permission, it wasn't shalomidaito, then that wouldn't be a problem. Shulcharach was both of the that lechumra on both of these things. He says the favor can't be a milsa tefarasia, and it has to be done with permission. Then Tosos adds a third condition that it has to be the kind of thing they would have done before the loan also, because they already had that kind of relationship. So the, the, the relationship doesn't have to end. The relationship can just continue the same way it was before. It just can't be enhanced by the loan. An enhancement of what you would do for the person because of the loan, and also provided that it's not peperasia, so it doesn't smell, right? It's not peperasia. And that it's something that everyone's aware of everything that's being done. So those three conditions, you're allowed to continue to do favors. Also increase. What? Also increase. Um, now, if the friendship increases as a result of other things, that's fine. But as a result of the loan, it would be a problem. Ribis Tavar. The Gemara Darshins in Ezer Neshech. Kol Davar Lerabos Dibur. There's an issue of Ribis Tavarim. What does Ribis Tavarim mean? That I borrowed money from you, I borrowed $100 from you, instead of just paying me back $100, I pay you back $100 and lots and lots of compliments. You are so smart and good-looking and popular and whatever it is you want to hear. Such a Talmud Chacham and here, okay? Lots and lots of compliments. And thank you and you should be blessed and gesund and whatever, right? All the compliments. That is Ribis Tavarim. Is it in Nisidar Reis or in Nisidar Abadim, Ribis Tavarim? Oh, Jerusha from Apostle, right? Almost all the Rishonim say Asmachta. Why? Very simple. Ribis Tavarim has to be Ribis Ketsutza. How in the world would you, like, okay, I'm sorry, I'll lend you this $10, but I want to hear how popular I am, how good looking I am, how tall I am, how much hair I have in my head, right? I want to hear all these. I, come on, no, that's not, you know, I mean, president-elect notwithstanding, like most people wouldn't like make such a, uh, you know, such a deal, like to, to, to ask for, for these things. Okay. There is a Tosun Kiddush and Dav Ches, which has a mashma'us that Ribbis Dvarim is in fact Dar Raisa, um, but Rov Rishonim assume not, not that way. It's very hard to imagine how it could be. Probably not. Like, the notion is not, not a notion in Daraisal. Um, it is interesting to note there is no Ribis Mucheras on Ribis Tvarim. That's an exception, right? If the, it, once the loan is paid back, you can give him all the compliments he wants. Okay. The Gemara gives an example where the Lovis started greeting the Malva all the time before, because he had loaned the money. Beforehand, I was, I was obnoxious, and I don't say, you know, like there are certain communities where uh, people don't say good Shabbos to each other and don't, you know, like, so beforehand I was like, I was like one of those guys, right? And a friend of mine used to walk with him and he'd say good Shabbos to people and if they didn't respond, he'd be like, I could have sworn they were Jewish. They looked so Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, it used to be, I was like, but now you lent me money? Now, oh, good morning. How are you? Kamara says, that's us. If you wouldn't have greeted him at all, or even in that way, you shouldn't elevate your level of greeting because of, uh, because of the loan. Simil- however, however, the halacha is, if the lender said good morning to you, you're allowed to be machzir lo shalom. Why? Because there's a gemara in Brachos Davav that says 
that if you're not machzir shalom to someone who's matim shalom to you, it's ki'ilu gozlo. It's as if you stole from him. So that's an iser. You're not allowed to do that. So you're you're allowed to to be machzir to be machzir shalom. What about saying thank you? Just one second. What about saying thank you? Rav Moshe is often quoted that it is usher to say thank you for a loan because that is ribis tavar. Rav Shlomo Zalman in his tshuvah says it is mutter to say thank you because that is just being a decent person talking like a normal human being. It is not ribis tavar. Rav Shlomo Zalman in a footnote in that tshuva says that he was shown the Shulchan Aruch HaRav who says that you're not supposed to say thank you and therefore have it on record in the footnote. He didn't change the tshuva but have it on record in the footnote that he, uh, that he would change his mind because of the Shulchan Aruch HaRav. People who knew Rav Shlomo Zalman said, yeah, but he didn't really change his mind. He would still tell people they could say thank you. He just wanted on record that he has covered for the Shulchan Aruch HaRav. Fascinating, no? I was listening to a uh, recording. I was driving earlier this evening. My wife asked me to pick up my son from Mishmar and Yeshiva. So I went on uh, my smartphone. I have a smartphone. And, uh, and I, I went on uh, the easiest Torah app to use, which, by the way, is not why you Torah. It's Torah anytime. Very easy app to use. I don't know who any of the speakers are, but it's a very easy app to use. And I searched Ribis, and I listened to somebody. I forgot his name. And he said, this somebody who gave a very nice shir and Ribis Tvarib said that, because I knew I wanted to talk about this tonight, said uh, he contacted Rabbi Fürst, first, first, I don't know how to pronounce his name, from Chicago, who's a Talmud of Moshe. How do you say it? First. From Chicago, it's a Talmud of Moshe. He kept on saying Forst. And I'm like, no, that's from Farakway. I know Rabbi Forst. So this is F E U R S T, Rabbi Forst from Chicago. And Rabbi first told, and he asked him, can you say thank you? And he said, yes. He said, ah, I told him Ramesha, how could you say against Ramesha? He said, Ramesha always said you could say thank you also. What? But he says in the tshuva that you can't. So if you look at the tshuva, it's, it's not clear at all that he says that you can't. In Ramesha was discussing a very specific case. If you want to publish a sefer, if you ever have, uh, feel like you have what to write and you want to publish a sefer, it's going to cost a lot of money. It costs a lot of money to publish it. It costs like 20 grand to publish a sefer. A lot of the kinds of people who write svarim are not the kinds of people who have $20,000 lying around to be able to publish a sefer. So what do they do? They try to raise money. If they can't raise money with donations, they try to borrow money and they hope that the sales of the sefer, which nowadays is more of a chalom than a hope, that the sales of the sefer, because people don't buy svarim anymore, they just go on Hebrew books, but the, the sales of the sefer will, will ultimately pay for, uh, you know, you'll be able to pay back the loan. Ramosha was asked following Shaila. A guy gave someone $10,000 to uh, publish the Sefer. He now wants to include in the Sharblat, and it was a loan. He now wants to include in the, uh, the, in the beginning of the Sefer a page that says, thank you to this person who made this publication possible. Can you do that? Ramosha said, you should not do it Belashon Toda. You shouldn't say thank you in that page. Rather, you should say, you should make the observation that HaKadosh Baruch is going to be mevarichim for being marbitz You're not giving a bracha. HaKadosh Baruch is giving the It's just an observation that God likes it when people are marbitz So you're making that observation that this fellow is going to receive many blessings from God. That's what Moshe writes. 
So we first said, Rav Moshe was saying thank you in the form of all the brachos that you're going to be giving him on the front page of the Sefer. It wasn't just, if it would just be toda, then Rav Moshe might be okay. Or to say thank you, Rav Moshe would be okay. But it was thank you to this guy and he's going to get brachos or whatever. In that context, that's where Rav Moshe had a problem with it. If you ask Rav Moshe's grandchildren, apparently they say the same thing. Rav Moshe would say that it's mutter to say thank you. And many, many posts can say explicitly it's mutter to say thank you. Nevertheless, in Orchos Rabbeinu, Volume 4, uh, they quote that Chazanish, when he would lend money to people, I can't imagine how often that would happen. I mean, you need money, like, oh, let's go to Chazanish again. <laughs> like, I don't know who would do that, but okay, I, I assume some people would do that. So uh, when, when Chazanish would lend money to people, he didn't want to create an awkward situation where the person wouldn't know what to do. He would always tell them before he lends them the money, do not say thank you when I lend you this money because he was concerned about the, uh, the Ribbis Tavarim element of it. But the Pashtus is that uh, we assume that you're allowed to say thank you, and that's just the normal way of speaking. Um, Ravaran Salvechik held, Rav Salvechik told me today, that, Ravaran, that his fa- he, he spoke to his father about this one, Ravaran Salvechik held, and this makes a lot of sense also, uh, Ravaran Salvechik, if, if you ever need like, to know what the ethical or moral thing to do is, find out what Ravaran Salvechik held about something, and you'll... you'll, you'll uh, have a, a guiding light of ethical behavior. So Ravaran Salvejik held that anything you would have said to him for his effort alone, you're, you're allowed to say, uh, even though the loan came through. Meaning, let's say, the guy worked really hard to find something that you needed, to find the money that you needed, and it just didn't come through in the end. Would you say thank you for his efforts? So yeah, he'd probably say thank you. Would you say thank you very much? Probably. Would you uh, take him out to dinner and give him a gift? Probably not, if it didn't come through. So whatever you would do for his efforts alone, you're allowed to do even when, his, when, when the efforts didn't come to fruition. So that's an important element over here as well. Ribis muktemes, ribis mucheres. If you give something before there was ever... And then we'll close it up with answering the shaylas. If you give something before there was ever a loan, in the hopes of encouraging the loan... That's ribis muktemes. That is also midrabanan. Most common case is a bank. That's the case they give where a bank would give out. Used to have giveaways of like open an account with us and you just walk in the door. You'll get a free toaster. Remember when my grandmother uh, Shalom when she moved out of her house, she could no longer live alone when she was ninety something years old. So uh, we were going through her house and she like opened up accounts and like all sorts of banks or at least got free things so we had toaster ovens and alarm clocks and like never opened in boxes that uh that she got from all these places that's the example of uh, of ribis muktemis assuming it was a jewish bank um ribis mukheres is afterwards to do afterwards Tosas and git and says but wait a second until when there must be some time limit on the ribis mukheres. so I, I already paid back the loan now i'm still never allowed to do a favor so the context of the Tosa, the Gemara says that there was a guy who would lend money, and since he was the only sofer in town, he would write the shtaros also. So the Gemara says, well, how could he provide the paper of the shtar? The mal would be the one that's providing for the shtar. It's the dasa meschayiv that's got to write the shtar. So Tosa says, dasa meschayiv, that's only by shtar kinyan, not by shtar raya. By shtar raya, there would be no problem. So Tosa says, oh, there must have been a shtar kinyan here. So Tosa like, invents a whole story around this that the Gemara never really says. Tosa says, no, probably what happened is, the guy would lend money to people, and then people would be so appreciative afterwards, after the loan was over, they'd give him gifts. So he would write the shtar matana on the gifts. And that, that, that's what the Gemara was bothered by, 
But wait, you need the star to be written by the Dasa Meschayev, by the one who's being Meschayev themselves and giving the Matana. So how could he be writing the Matana? So Tosa says, you see, there's a time limit on Rebus Mecharis. Otherwise, how in the world, Beis Yosef raises the question, how in the world could they be giving him a Matana? He loaned the money, how could they be giving him no, so it must be that there's some sort of time limit. What exactly the time limit is? Difficult. It has to be that it's already forgotten about, that you no longer associate it with the, uh, with the loan. Um, now let's bring it all back. Let's go back to our, to our Shailas. Shaila number one, uh, the guy whose car ran out of gas. So this, I think, no, so how would you add? Now, knowing what we know now, is he allowed to send flowers to the Chabad Shliach? So this, he already paid, he already paid it. This would be called Ribis Mulcheres, right? So no, so is he allowed, is, he, is there any het? Ah, so if it's way after, so Pashat is, it's Mutter. You know, that's Machlok, Machaber, Ramah, this guy's Sephardi, and Machaber is more Machmir. But okay, there are enough posts given that he could probably be some What? What's the Gedder? Yeah, and also, come on, he has no other interaction with this guy. Probably the heter is as follows. Salvechik said it so clearly. He has just a way of seeing things in such a clear way. He said, let me ask you. If this guy um, was neighbors with the Chabad Shliach, and he didn't ask the Chabad Shliach to, bring me, to lend me money, do me a favor. Can you go to my house, get my wallet for me, bring it to me, and, and you know, so I'll have my money. Would you send the flowers for Shabbos? Absolutely you would. Of course you would. It's not the twenty dollars that you're sending him the flowers for. Twenty dollars doesn't mean anything to you. The guy, the guy is uh, his, you know, Baruch Hashem comes from a family where they make a decent parnasa and live in a very nice neighborhood or whatever. You know, the twenty dollars is not going to make it or break it for you know his father's a successful cardiologist. You know, twenty dollars is not going to do it for him. You know, why is he really? Why does he have such gratitude? So the tircha, it's obviously for the tircha. If you were bringing me my own money, I would send you the flowers. So that's Pashtas, the Svara, to be making in that case. Right, if it, was, if it was about the money, then Enochidami. But over here, it's clearly not about the money. It's clearly not about the money. The money was nothing, it was Bubkas. Second of all, the second Shaila. Well, let's go to the third one. No, second one. A man loaned $300,000 to the shul, interest-free. So over here, another, another critical element comes into play. Rav Moshe, Nechubin Yardechel, Beisim, and Samach Gimel holds that if a corporation is the borrower, there's no ribis. Because when a loan is guaranteed by a company's assets, but not by any individual, there is no Jewish borrower. So you could, ribis can be paid by the corporation. The corporation is this independent entity, it's not a Jew. There is no single Jew who's on the hook for it. Ramayisha would hold even by Ribis Ketsutsa. It's not a problem if the shul was doing the borrowing. Ramayisha has a different shul where he says it is a problem by a shul, but he's assuming a shul is not a corporation. Nowadays, every shul that you know of, unless it's a shtibel somewhere, uh, unless it's probably a Chabad house, is not a corporation, but unless it's a shtibel somewhere, is, is probably a corporation. So if it's a corporation then Rav Moshe would say the whole thing doesn't apply. Now, not everyone accepts Rav Moshe's shita about corporations. Um, the Minchas Yitzchak in Chel Galav Simen Gimel and Chel Galav Simen Tazayin in the Har Tzvi in Yordeo Kuv Chavav. But at least with Ribis Devarim, we could be so much on Rav Moshe. Rav Moshe would say it for Ribis Ketutza. So at least for Ribis Devarim, the stumble, we could be so much on Rav Moshe. What about Ruvain and his $40,000? So I asked Rav Shef for that, Shailen. He said... 
Roshachta couldn't imagine that there was a scenario where a guy would just pick up a gift for someone out of nowhere and, you know, that it had nothing to do with the loan. But he said, if he's not confident that he's going to get his $40,000 and the guy's bringing him a $20 gift, so mark it as the first payment in the loan. So now he'll owe him $39,980. Well, the guy comes back with $4,000. Uh, so it happened, this, what happened was, in the end of the story, the guy paid him back almost all of it. The guy paid him back like 95% of the money. So it actually, Roshachti was different than views, you know? It was like, uh, <laughs> the amount, he paid him back almost all the money. I don't know if it was this amount short, but he paid him back almost, almost, almost all the money. Okay, so this is, a lot of times you talk about these topics in, in places and people are like, what? It's, it's an issue even? So it's good to be familiar with these issues. Dapyomi's going to get to Hezun in about a month. So okay, it's good to be familiar with these issues. Have a wonderful Shabbos, everybody.